0: Welcome to The Opposite Entrepreneur, where we watch the masses and do the opposite. I am your host, Mike Regina. So today's guest is Heather Mitz-Feely, an American former professional soccer defender. Heather played college soccer for the University of Florida, and thereafter, she played professionally in the Women's Professional Soccer League for the Philadelphia Charge. Boston Breakers, Philadelphia Independence, and Atlanta Beat. She is a three-time Olympic gold medalist and was a member of the U.S. women's national team. She played in four matches in the 2011 FIFA Women's World Cup. Today, we're going to discuss how to overcome adversity, staying on top of your game after achieving success, and how to achieve a gold medal mindset. Welcome, Heather. It's a pleasure to have you on The Opposite Entrepreneur today.
1: Thanks, Mike. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Gosh, I mean, you know, three gold medals. That's three more than me, so I'm not going to lie. That's pretty impressive.
1: It is when you say it, and I don't think <laughs> about it that often, so thank you for reminding me.
0: No, it's all good. It's all good. So I would love, let's, let's get started. You know, I would just love to find out, what was life like growing up as Heather Mitts?
1: I grew up, um, I'm one of three. My parents were really active. Um, We lived a very active lifestyle. We were always going out on bike rides in the backyard, playing pickleball. My parents would always go play tennis. So we just kind of, that became a way of life for us. Um, My dad was a surgeon, so he wasn't home a whole lot. My mom kind of just was like, almost like a single mom at times, Mm -hmm. Um, running all of us to all of our practices, Uh, Very very busy healthy lifestyle.
0: Awesome, awesome. Were you a competitor at a young age too as well?
1: Well, yeah. Um, I think it was kind of just instilled in us from a young age. My brother and I were eighteen months difference. I was the oldest and. He and I would go out in the backyard almost every single day and have these one-v-one battles um on the soccer what was a soccer field for us. Sure. And um he was really good technically and I would was always trying to get the ball from him. So kind of makes sense as to why I ended up being a defender later in life.
0: Right, right. And obviously helped you improve the game because you're going up against your brother.
1: Yeah, I mean, it always helps. And I always had someone that I could go out and compete with on a daily basis, you know, yeah. on and off the soccer field. So Absolutely. we are competitive.
0: Now, did he go on to do, uh, you know, play soccer competitively too, as well, uh, even after uh, high school?
1: Yeah, he played at University of Kentucky. I played at University of Florida, both SEC schools. And yes. it's just kind of cool to always have someone that we could help one another uh, in our growth on the soccer field.
0: Sure. Now, did you just play soccer growing up, or did you play other sports as well?
1: I played a lot of different sports. Um, I I played tennis really competitively till I was probably like twelve. Mm. Um, basketball. My dad played basketball for a little bit at University of Kentucky, also. So, oh wow, you know, he was my coach, and I was a little point guard. I'd run up and down the field as or you know, up the court as fast as I could um, softball track. I mean, you name it. And then my mom eventually said, uh, after my freshman year, "So I can't be driving everybody all over the place all the time. So let's just pick one thing. And that was when I said, you know, I love soccer and she said, soccer, you can't play soccer when you're older. And I (laughs) I love it. And that's really what it comes down to is, is loving what you do.
0: I totally agree with that. And, uh, you know, I tell my kids the same thing. Look, I want you to try everything. But again, you know, you got to pick what you love. You got to absolutely pick what you love. So when you were in high school, did you think that you would someday play on the Olympic soccer team?
1: No, not not a chance. You know, for me, it was, I just took it day by day. Um, and I never really even watched college soccer before I went and played college soccer. I never even watched the U.S. Women's National Team, um, really, until I got there, which is so bizarre to say. Mm. And I wish, I felt like I was missing out. But um, I was very lucky, I guess, to reach that pinnacle.
0: when did you think like you said you know what I might have a shot at this.
1: I mean, honestly, it was' not until I made that two thousand and four okay. Olympic or, um, okay I was in the mix uh for sure, but okay, my first two years, I would be invited into every single camp, but I uh, usually would end up getting cut, and I only made one roster for the first two years before I actually like became kind of like a permanent fixture because one of the main players on the U.S. Women's National Team had an injury. Mm. And there I was. I was just kind of catapulted in there. And, of course, she would come back just in time before the 2004 Olympics. And so I wasn't sure if I would still make that team, but I was lucky enough to have done enough to make one of those 18 spots.
0: Sure. What was it like? I mean, you said like a couple times that you didn't make the team. I mean, what did that do to you mentally?
1: It's funny because, you know, I would always pick up the phone and I call my dad and i cry. (laughs) <laughs> and he's, you know, it's like, well, what does crying even do for you? Um, because he just said, like, you score. know, what, Heather, yeah, you're, you're doing fine. You're, you're going to make the next one. And that's all I did. I mean, every single time it was like, okay, let me work not only on my strengths, let me work on my weaknesses to become more of a well-rounded player to give myself an opportunity to make the national team. But really what ended up being kind of the saving grace was my coach at the time being, I was an outside back because I'm 5'4", 120 pounds, I'm fast, and he wanted me to play center back. And so most center backs are tall, and they're, you know, very stout, um, and they're strong, you know, not me at all. And so he asked me to play center back for our team, and at first I was like, this is crazy. This is not the position that's best suited for me. But what ended up happening was because I played in that position, and I bought into it, then when that national team player, um, Joy Fawcett, who was a center back, got injured, I got my opportunity because of a, I was playing center back, not because I was playing outside back.
0: No, that's great. And it's amazing how those things come to fruition. So, you know, everyone faces adversity as we attack our goals. Right. No pun intended on that one. Um, what adversity did you have to overcome in your journey to the Olympic team?
1: I mean, I would say just, you know, finally getting there. Um, And then I was starting and I was playing. I was really looking forward to my first World Cup. Um, That's what all soccer players, it's like the pinnacle. And I ended up tearing my ACL two months beforehand. And I was just absolutely devastated Mm. Um, because of the timing. I knew I wouldn't make it back for the World Cup team, Um, but my kind of set my sights right then and there to try to make it back a year later to play in the Olympics Mm. Uh, which I knew was going to be tougher um, because it's 21 players for the World Cup, but it's 18 for the Olympics.
0: Got it. Got it. Interesting. Interesting. So, you know, how was your strength when you, you know, after your ACL? I mean, did you, were you stronger? Were, I mean, I'm I'm assuming obviously mentally you probably were tougher. Uh, how about physically? I mean, were you, where were you at that point?
1: So what ended up happening is I feel like my ACL injury was probably one of the best things that could have happened Mm. when I, um, when I, when I had the injury, it kind of made me realize like how much I really loved playing soccer Mm. and what I was willing to do to get back out on the field. So I basically took my tools that helped me to be the best on the field and applied those to training. Um, to rehab. You know, I went in there with a positive attitude. I listened to the, my trainer. I basically tried not to have any setbacks. And I was like, let's just get a little bit better every single day. And when I was finally able to start training with the ball, I didn't just do like, I didn't train once a day. I trained two to three times a day because Mm. I knew that I had to make up for that time that I had lost. Right. So what ended up happening I start to like pinch myself to this day, Right, is I came back from that injury better than I was before.
0: Interesting. Interesting. Probably. And it, and it sounds like because you were working harder than before.
1: I was working harder and I was working actually a lot on my weaknesses. Right. So that when I came back, I just had like this unbelievable, unwavering confidence in myself because I had been working so hard on those things to become the best yeah. And so that first time I was able to put on that USA jersey, I mean, I still remember it to this day. I just felt like to have that opportunity again. I was never going to, you know, I was never going to I don't know, not I had to I'm trying to think of the the perfect word to describe that feeling of just I was in disbelief a mm-hmm. little bit that I had that opportunity, but I was also so grateful that I would be able to put on the USA jersey and play soccer again. And I wasn't going, I was going to make sure that I was going to be that starter. And I was never going to give up that position ever again.
0: Right. What was your biggest fear during that time? Because, you know, here you are, you're trying to make the Olympic team, you're trying to come back. I mean, we all have fears. What, what did you have to overcome? I mean, what was your main fear to overcome to get there?
1: Yeah, I mean, I will say that right before I had my surgery, I was just, I was a mess. I was crying. Mm-hmm. and. I was like, I don't know if I'm ever going to play, ever be able to play soccer again. And my husband said, you can play, you can feel this way for, for one more day. And then tomorrow <laughs> is a new day. And it was like, I woke Love up it. the next day and I go, you're right. There is really no point in feeling bad for yourself. It's not going to make you get out in the field any faster, any better. So I just kind of woke up that next day with a brand new attitude. And it mm. was something that had, has helped me throughout my life.
0: Right. What, what, uh, how about what advice or, you know, would you give someone that's facing a setback or a challenge?
1: I think they're put there in place for a reason.
0: Mm-hmm. And I do think I like that it.
1: everything in life happens. It's not by chance. You know, right. it's, it's there to make us realize that we are stronger than we give ourselves credit for and that we are willing, if we're willing to put in that, that time and that effort and that dedication, then we can look back and we can appreciate the journey. Um, but I think they're all put there for a reason to make us grow and become a better person and a stronger.
0: Sure. I think, I think the, key, the key things that you touched on there is that you have to have work hard at it. You know, it's just not going to be given to you. So I, I think that's the key there, right? You do have a setback. You do have a challenge. It doesn't mean that, hey, you know what? I'm going to overcome this by doing nothing. Right. you, know, you got to overcome this by, you know, working it through, working hard. So outside of family, you know, who've had the most influence on who you are today and why?
1: Yeah, that was a great question because, I mean, obviously I, I feel like my, my coaches, it has mm-hmm. to have been my coaches, the, the ones that kind of saw something more in me than I saw in myself. Mm. Um, it was Mark Krikorian who drafted me um, out, of, out of college in the second round. Yeah. And uh, I didn't even show up to the draft because I didn't think I was going to be picked that early. Okay. And so I was actually getting toast out of the toaster and someone came in and said, is Heather Mitts in here? And I said, oh, I'm Heather Mitts. And she's like, you just got drafted. You're not even there. Um, so I didn't believe that I was worthy of being drafted that high. So he saw something amazing in me. He is also the same coach that switched me positions from outside back to center back and gave me the opportunity really to play on the U S women's national team. But I think all my coaches, I mean, I wouldn't have played on the national team if it weren't for, um, all the coaches along the way that kind of just believed in me and were there to support me and bring out the best in my playing ability.
0: Sure. Sure. I mean, it's important, right? It's important to have those mentors to have those coaches that truly care. You know, it's, um, you know, I'm sure that there's times that they're going to push you and and times you're going to be like, I can't believe they said that, but they're, they're challenging you to get better. So, you know, obviously you accomplished so much in, in your lifetime, uh, you know, from a, you know, from a youngster to, you know, to an adult, what has been your greatest accomplishment? My babies. Love it. Being a mom. Yeah. uh,
1: No question about it. Um, you know, I waited a really long time, unfortunately, to have kids because I was still playing. I was 35 mm. when I retired. And so, you know, I thought that I would have maybe one or two, and I have three now, and they are by far my gold medals. They're my greatest accomplishment till this day.
0: Awesome. Awesome. I agree. And I'm fortunate and blessed to be able to have three kids myself, and couldn't agree more with that being the best accomplishment. And looking forward to hopefully, you know, one day them being. Uh, you know adults and and delivering value to you know to their communities, so you you do motivational speaking. Um, you know what inspired you to to start that?
1: Um, I have done a little bit of media, um, and I was asked by a friend to come speak at one of her symposiums and you know just sitting there and having that opportunity to kind of share with people um, your knowledge and your wisdom of you know life lessons it just, it really, it, it made me feel very grateful to have that opportunity. And it was something that I wanted to be able to turn around and continue doing. Um, and it's been quite an adventure. Um, you know, we're just trying to figure out like what the best message is, um, and who my audience is. And I, I, I feel like I, I now know what, um, where I want to go with this, but I'm really excited about the possibility of what can come.
0: Yeah, I know that you've, you know, we've had a conversation, you talk a little bit about the gold medal mindset. Tell me a little bit about what the gold medal mindset is.
1: Yeah, so the gold medal mindset, I feel like is the the things that helped me to achieve my three Olympic gold medals and one World Cup, but they've also helped me to become a better mom and an entrepreneur. So uh, if you had to only pick three things, usually it's six, um, I would say the most important are to not compare yourself to others to kind of figure out what it is that makes you unique because there's only one of us in this world and there's got to be something that you do um, that no one else can do. So it's embracing that. Uh, The next one would be to control the controllables. And there's going to be a lot of things in life that we can't control. Um, But I think once we get that mindset that we can focus on the positivity of our thoughts and our actions, Um, in our future. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the things if your boss doesn't like you, if your coach doesn't like you, you know what, there's nothing much you can do about it other than just focusing on you and being the best possible you. Um, And then I guess the last thing would probably be to do goal setting. And this was something that really, I think helped me to kind of put me over the edge to making the U S women's national team. Was something that I had never done before, but I went and I took a piece of paper and a pen and I wrote down my goals for the first time in my life. Hmm. And at the top, I put a very um, what I thought at the time being was an unattainable goal. It was scary for me, and I think everybody should have a scary unattainable goal at the very top. And then underneath it, I had some smaller goals that I knew I wasn't far off from, but that were going to help me to reach that ultimate goal. Because we all like to feel like we're achieving success along the way, not that our goals are so lofty that we can never get there.
0: Right, right. Keep them smart, right? Being able to, uh, you know, specific, measurable, attainable, all those things are very key to goal setting. So, you know, obviously, you know, being able to win three gold medals, I mean, how did you stay on top of your game, you know, even after winning one and then two?
1: Well, cause they're also different. You know, I, that first one, as I told you, I, I had been starting up until I went over to the Olympics and then I became more of a reserve. And then those women ended up retiring, um, the pioneers that paved the way. So now I got my opportunity and I wanted to start and be, be them, you know? And so I had that opportunity. I unfortunately tore my ACL, but then I came back stronger and better. Um, and then the final one, uh, it was towards the end of my career. I unfortunately had a lot of injuries that I had to battle through. Um, my coach actually said that at the beginning of the year that I would never play for the team again. Mm. And I just kept going out there every single day and I kept trying and I was like, I'm just going to get a little bit better. Um, every single day I tried to control the controllables, which was me going out there and being positive, being confident, enjoying my time with my teammates And in the end, you know, she brought me in and she said, you know, I said, you'd never play for this team again, but you proved me wrong. And for that, you're going to be going to your final Olympics. So to be able to fight through all that adversity and go to one last Olympics, when I knew I was going to retire after that regardless, but to be able to go to play, to win my final gold medal, like that is just, they, they all are so different, but they all are so special.
0: Right, right. So, I mean, look, I mean, you're, you've played tons of sports, you know, you've won multiple gold medals. What aren't you good at?
1: (laughs) A lot of (laughs) things. One, organization. uh,
0: Okay.
1: I'm awful. And I feel like, you know, especially now being a mom of three and trying to be an entrepreneur and doing my own thing and just life in general, you know, if you're not organized, things can get real messy real fast. So I've actually taken a lot of the time right now during this whole COVID thing to mm-hmm. try to organize my life. And it's been re- really refreshing. Um, so I'm going to try to keep that going. Um, what else am I not good at? Let's see. Um, basketball. Um, i trying to think like sports that I'm just absolutely horrendous at. Skiing. I'm not that great at skiing. Um, what else? Um, laundry. I'm not good at laundry.
0: <laughs> My wife has a sign, uh, in a laundry room. Ain't no one got time for that.
1: <laughs> yeah, Ain't no either. one got time
0: for that. Uh, <laughs> we do a uh,
1: lot of it. So it's like <laughs> one of those things. I guess, I guess I just need to embrace it. Right. It's a control right. the control of controls. I just, I gotta do it. So I might as well enjoy it.
0: <laughs> who was who your favorite player that, uh, that you played with?
1: Oh, gosh. I mean, I've played with so many amazing, inspiring women. It's really hard to say just one. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, I look at the women who kind of paved the way for us Mm -hmm. and showed us how it's supposed to be done and gave us this opportunity. So um, that would be like the Fab Five, uh, Mia Hamm and Joy Fawcett, Julie Foudy, Brandy Chastain and Christine Lilly. And then I think right now, I mean, I look at a lot of the women that I have played with um, were real leaders on the field, but what they're doing off the field is what really kind of just amazes me. I have to say like Abby Wambach and Megan Rapinoe right now are just so inspiring. And um, Carly Lloyd is someone I was really close to when Mm. I was playing. And I just am so amazed by her um, determination and her fight. I mean, she... I was 35 when I retired. I think Christy Rampone was 38. Carly Lloyd is 38 right now. She's going for another Olympics, which is now going to be next year. And she's someone that kind of has always had like, you know, people up against her and she just continues proving them wrong. So from an inspiration standpoint on the field, she would probably be the one for me.
0: Awesome. Awesome. That's great. So a question for you. What does watching the masses and doing the opposite look like to you?
1: You know, I think it's about just always educating yourself and choosing what is right for you. And I think being a mom has really kind of opened my eyes up to how I want to do things. And I definitely do things a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. Um, So it doesn't mean that just because everybody else is doing it, that's the right way to do it. You know, I think it's about really educating yourself and figuring out what works best for you and your family.
0: So some takeaways that I've learned from today. I mean, you have dropped so much uh, wisdom and knowledge, and I really appreciated. Uh, our listeners are going to benefit tremendously from what you had to share today. But some of the things that I've learned is number one, you got to follow your passion. Uh, two, you know, find mentors, find coaches that are going to inspire you and push you, and you know, not comparing yourself to others. I think that's so critical, especially in today's world of social media, and you're just constantly comparing yourself you know, to others and, and you know, because someone is posting pictures and they think that's real life when the reality is, is that it isn't. So just, you know, focused on, you know, being yourself. Control the controllables. Absolutely, 100%. What we're going through and experiencing right now is so critical, right? To control what you can control. And then goal setting, right? I mean, what you accomplish once you started setting your goals, that's what pushed you over the edge and also helps, you know, businesses accomplish so much more. So what's next, uh, you know, for Heather?
1: Well, I'm really excited because, you know, even though this is a little setback, as far as like my speaking goes, because I had a lot of um, opportunities coming up, I want to continue to keep that going. I'm very passionate about it. And as I mentioned, and so hopefully just having that opportunity to share that gold medal mindset, But something else that I want to do is to create a platform for young girls um, where I am able to get on and my website and share some of the knowledge that I spoke about. You know, it could be various things. It could be things that are going on right now. Um, It could be health. It could be fitness. It could be how you can be a better soccer player, overcome injuries, um, a lot of female based things that I feel like it just, it's not out there and I want to create it. So I'm really excited about the future.
0: I love it. I love it. You're going to do a great job and you're going to kill it. And I'm excited to see everything that you have in store and look forward to, to watching your videos, attending, you know, you know, one of your, you know, speaking engagements, that'll be a lot of fun to be a part of. Where can our listeners connect with you online?
1: Um, heathermix.com is my website, I guess I'm on Twitter as Heather Mitz, Instagram, hmits 2 I'm on LinkedIn as Heather Mitz, And also Facebook. There's a fan page. So lots of places. I try to be as active as I possibly can be and hope, looking forward to connecting with everyone who hears this iPod today. And obviously, thanks, Mike, so much for having me on. I think you're wonderful. And thanks so much for your support.
0: Heather, thank you so much for being on The Opposite Entrepreneur. You were an amazing guest, and I look forward to our listeners being able to hear what you have to share. Have an awesome day.
1: You too. Thanks. All the best, and good luck with everything right now.
0: Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave a review. We'll see you next time on The Opposite Entrepreneur.